Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. This is WTIC Pet Talk. Today, Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital takes your pet health questions. Whether you have a dog, cat, or hamster, this is a show for you and your best friend. Call in now at 522-WTIC or 1-800-966-WTIC. And now, Pet Talk. Good afternoon and welcome, welcome to the veterinary edition of Pet Talk. I am Dr. Andrea Dennis, and I was just so thrilled to be out and about today. I mean, how gorgeous is it? This is beautiful weather. Um, I almost feel like when I see the forsythias out, you know, with all that yellow, the daffodils, the grass could not be greener. And um, rather than try to replicate the the old garden talk show, um, I am not very uh, good botanist, but it just feels wonderful just to look around. So hopefully you're out and about and or at least, you know, bring your radios uh, outside and uh, listen outside on your uh, portable devices because we are here to answer your questions about your pets. And that can have to do with anything, uh, whether it's a medical issue Sometimes some of the behavior issues that we see are related to medicine and sometimes not, but that's what I'm here for. And I would really appreciate talking with you as early as possible. I have um, had a couple of people, the last show I had a couple of weeks ago, I had to actually talk to them off the air uh, because we just ran out of time. So we are ready for your phone call. So give us a call at 860 522 which is 860 WTIC. And we have, um, a, I guess not a new producer. He's been around for a while, but I haven't worked with him. But Tom Connolly Wilson has taken over the reins on the show today. Um, I'm in excellent hands. And so when you call in to the WTIC number, he will be the first person that you speak with and explain to him just a little bit outline of what your question has to do with. And I promise we will get to everyone that calls that's my commitment when I'm here on Saturday afternoons, and I totally enjoy that. But getting back to this wonderful weather, with all the positives of being out and about and taking in the beautiful colors and knowing that spring is here and we're going to be heading into even better weather, as a veterinarian, sometimes I look at the negative side of things because with this time of year, I see a lot of uh, problems that have to do with parasites. And this is technically uh, Heartworm Awareness Month in in April, I'm sorry. It's so that people are aware of heartworm disease. And I'd like to talk a little bit about that, how it affects your dogs and your cats. A lot of people just think heartworm has to do with uh, the canine species, but cats are also at risk. 
but also the fact of how can we prevent it? What can we do to treat them once they have it? Let's not ignore it. It is a issue. I actually am in the process of treating two canine patients that actually have heartworm. Uh, this week, we started the, the, um, the treatment. It's quite involved. And if we can prevent it, and we will talk about prevention a little bit later, uh, but prevent, if we can prevent it, it is just such a much better course to take with our pets. And, and that's why we come here on Saturday afternoons to try to talk to you and dialogue with you. And if you have questions about this, if you feel this is not important, let me hear your side of it. But I think on the medicine side of things, uh, I'm, this is one disease. Um, I went to school in Alabama. I saw so many cases of heartworm prior to even coming back to Connecticut and starting to practice. It is a bad, bad um, issue that affects our, our pets. And we can, like I said, we can prevent it. The other thing I want to talk about too today, yesterday I had the most gorgeous golden retriever that comes to see us every month for allergies. And I check, always check out his, um, you know, everything I'm having to do with his skin because his skin can flare up with his allergies. I lift up the right ear. The right ear looks great. Lift up the left ear. And the left ear, as soon as I did that, a tick just kind of was walking across the inside of this dog's ear. So ticks and ticks diseases are another thing that we want to address as well if we can. So um, with this, so we're going to have a little bit of information for you today. But again, our show is all about talking to you about your about your pets, about some of the things that you feel are most important and you know what? I think I recognize a name. So, uh, Joe, how are you? It's Andrea Dennis. It's the doctor this week. Hello. Hi, Joe. So sorry. So can you sorry. hear me? I can now. I can now. This is my fault. This okay. is definitely, I was so into the weather, I think I wasn't concentrating as much as I should have. No problem. How I are you? To, not bad. How are you doing? Good, thank you. I want to point something out. I think I told you last year about this. Yes, I did. But this is a reminder. The Charesto collar. Yeah. For flea and ticks? Yes. Now, just to be fair, I called them up again this week. That collar does not, you're supposed to wear it all the time for it to work. Yeah. And you know about leaving dogs wearing a collar, you should always be supervised. Right. Now, supposedly they had a break off, uh, you're supposed to break off if it gets tangled or something. You know? Yeah, yeah. It doesn't do that. Okay. I found that out because I couldn't get mine off when I mine off my dog's <laughs> off a few years ago. <laughs> right, and I remember you I saying so. Up, they, they didn't give me an argument. They said, "We'll give you a free one," and I and I knew about it. Okay, and I called again, and they two people they never denied it and everything. So you would think after they knew because then someone was doing work on my house says so he knew a dog that strangled himself with that thing because he got caught onto something and it didn't break. It didn't break right. off. So I just want to remind the people out there, terrestrial collar. Uh, to be careful and not leave them alone. Um, yeah, and I think the last time we talked about this, um, I you're, you're right about just about really any collar, but you know when we're talking about something that's supposed to prevent fleas and ticks, that if you're keeping that on, and it's not just to take them outside to t- um, you know to take them for a walk, you do run that risk, and that's the whole thing. They're, they're supposed to be breakaway. That's the term. It doesn't work. Okay, and I and I'm and if that's not changing, that is a concern, and I think this is excellent for you to bring it up to. Um, to, to, for people to kind of make that choice, I know it's out there. It's an option for people. I told you before that I'm not a fan of um, flea and tick collars just in general, uh, but I know a lot of my clients like them. 
and that's what they use. I tend to look, be much more um, of a fan of the of the oral products, or even sometimes the topical ones, based on the situation, what the home life is. If people have kids in the house, I don't. There's not one medicine I feel is best for all, but. I do think we have to do something to prevent the fleas because of the flea the diseases that come oh, with yeah, fleas. Oh, yeah, but the problem I have with the oral medications, they have to bite, and they have to be on for 24 to 48 hours for it to work. Versus it being a repellent. I, I, I completely and understand. And too. I mean, that's really misleading sometimes. I, Frontline, the only one true repellent Frontline has is the new one, Frontline Shield. Yeah. They yeah. has they have, there's a yeah. chemical there you can put on your clothes to repel the ticks. Mm-hmm. But, they, but if they get through that barrier, which they could, then if they bite, they'll die because, you know, it's in the skin glands and everything. But I didn't like – oh, another thing, too. Well, can I – do? since you and I are now at a point where we're having dialogue, Joe, let me just kind of – yes, they will bite, but they these ticks are incapable – of the transmitting the disease. That's the other thing. I agree with you that sometimes you'll see them attach. But in order for a tick to transmit like Lyme disease to a dog, it has to be able to transmit that Borrelia, that organism. And that and that takes 24 to 48 hours for that to happen. And with these products, even though these ticks are attached, they're not injecting the disease. That's where the benefit comes from. Not that, yes, you might still see them, but the, I just want to add that to the piece of how these these products work. But the problem is, if it gets past the 24 hours, there's like a 7% chance, whatever, of Lyme disease being transferred. That's why I don't like the oil products. So one what do you thing, like? I mean, one we're... other thing, one other thing, just that you know, I think is, I don't want to name the company unless I know for sure. There's okay. a company on their, pro- on their package that says, kills in four hours. Okay. Uh, and my tech, the vet tech told me, I said, yeah, it kills in four hours. Okay. So I call up. Well, wait, wait, stop. Are we talking about fleas or ticks? It kills in four hours. Which one? Uh, I believe it was ticks. Uh, yeah, it was ticks. And I said, it kills uh, in four hours. I don't know about that. No. She says, no. well, some ticks. I, no. How about the deer tick? No, no. 24 to 48 hours. Yeah, I'm not buying that. No, but I know, but it's very misleading when you see that on the package. You know, but, four, 40, you know what I mean? Four hours. When you call them up, well, not the deer tick. Okay. Yeah. One other thing, too. This All is right. I, this, is, this is where I get in trouble, doctor. These people have no minds. You see them at a dog park, and they have the dog dragging the leash. Oh, okay. So we're on and, a different topic. You yep. know, I'm just saying, as mm-hmm. far as strangulation with the collar and the whole bit and everything, that's very dangerous. Good point. Absolutely. If they, I saw, once I was the woman, I was, luckily I was there. The dog wrapped them around a lady, the lady. The lady was a small woman. She started to fall, and I got in the middle. I had to hold her up with one arm and release the, you know, the dog with the, with the other arm and everything. And I don't, after that, I think this lady still didn't learn to have my drag the least. Well, the dog doesn't come. And then you wonder why you get mad. I know. We actually, I think you're, you're being very restrained today. I'm very proud of you. But these are good points. And again, just like when we were talking about the overweight issue, and I have a little, um, you know, uh, I have a, Little disagreement with the conversation with the um, with Lori Fest, the the dog trainer last oh, week. I wanted. To, I was going to call her last. But week. I, I'm okay. Call, well, Joe, I'm going to. I have to go at one eighteen. I promised my new producer Tom, but I'm going to address that. Okay, and we're going to address that too that's today. All they had to hear is that oh, it's a few pounds to be a hot. That's all they had to hear. All they had to hear. That's all they had to hear. That's all they had to hear. The dog trainer said they could do it. I thought of you, but I really do have to yeah, go. But I'm going to address all these things today. Thanks for calling, Thank Joe. You too. Bye-bye. I did think of him as soon as I heard that I was in the car and I couldn't do anything about it. All right, Tom, you've got me going. I'm going to take a quick break and we'll be back with more Pet Talk on WTIC News Talk 1080. 
Traffic. Now Saturdays at 1 on WTIC. Welcome back. You are listening to the veterinary edition of Pet Talk. We have another 40 minutes to talk to you about your pets. So give us a call at 860-522-9842. We would love to talk to you about your pets. Any questions you might have? I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. And for a very long time, we've been alternating on every other Saturday with uh, Lori Fass, the pet trainer. And uh, we are um, talking medicine mainly here. Uh, we can also discuss some of the behavior things that do occur. But um, I think, again, when we're alternating like this, as many medicine questions I'd like to take on. Because, again, as a doctor, this is an area that I have expertise in and many years as well. So if you need to uh, reach me, you can also contact our website, which is Bloomfield Animal Hospitals, CT. Connecticut.com. That's Bloomfield Animal Hospital, CT.com. And we're always happy to answer emails, reach out. We're here to help. That's our goal. And that's through education. And I was talking to Joe a little bit earlier who calls in uh, pretty regularly now. I can just tell how passionate he is. Education is key. So parasites, there's all sorts of parasites that we have to deal with and with our pets. Because it's April, because it's National Heartworm Awareness, I'd like to just talk, take a couple of minutes here to talk about heartworm disease. And but heartworm disease is something that I feel because people can't see it. It's not like they can see a tick on the skin or they can't see fleas on their pet. Sometimes it's the invisible disease, but it is horribly dangerous. And it's something that because of the fact that it wasn't it hasn't been around in this part of the country for a for a long long time um it's something that kind of started in the south and moved up towards the northeast but now with people adopting pets from all over the place it's pretty much everywhere in the united states we see documented cases and it's horrible it really is horrible for the pets so what can you do to prevent it these you get heartworm disease by a, your pet being bit by a mosquito. And this mosquito is actually carrying this heartworm and this larva that's inside the mosquito. So one dog is not going to just give it to another dog. It ne- needs that mosquito that's transmitting the infection from one to another. And that's why every year we recommend during your dog's yearly examination, they have a heartworm test because it's this invisible disease. You can't see it. You can't touch it. And if we can test every year, we can catch as many cases as early as possible. That's number one. And that's why we do it. And some people say, well, why do I have to do it every year? That's the Heartworm Society recommendation. That's why. The other thing, number two, is that we want to have them on a preventative. There's different types of of heartworm prevention There's some that you give every month. There's some that you uh, give uh, an injection every six months. I am a fan of doing it on a monthly basis. It is really a safe, safe way to prevent our dogs from getting heartworm. Then once say, okay, you've been doing that, what happens if they do get it? There is treatment, and the treatment is very involved. 
We, we like I said, I was earlier. I'm actually treating two dogs right now, and the treatment is so much more expensive than the prevention. The treatment is painful for these patients. I have when I we start the treatment, we actually have our patient with us the entire day, and most of the time after they get the treatment is keeping their pain under control. We're ice packing the area. We are just so physically concentrating on making sure these dogs are not painful. And then it's a after they're treated, after they're treated, then you have to keep them really, really quiet. I mean, they can't really go for walks. They can only go outside because what happens is these worms, these adult worms, and they can get up to 12 inches long and they're living in your dog's heart if they have it. These worms break off in little pieces, and when they break off in pieces, they can cause an embolism in the lungs, and some of these dogs can die even a month after they're being treated. So it's a very, very um, intense care for these pets, so why not prevent it? Can we do that? Um, And then the other thing is um, if I can take a switch over to heartworm disease in cats. Yes, they get it. Now, in dogs, it's mainly a, a... a worm that lives within the vascular system, within the heart. In cats, it's primarily what we call a respiratory disease. It, it, these worms, they don't need as many worms. Uh, they can, sometimes they can just have heartworm when they start showing one heartworm when they start showing clinical signs. And that has to do because it's these lungs, these are actually causing damage to their lungs, not so much just the heart, it's the lungs. And how do you know? How do you know, since we don't test cats generally on a yearly basis, how do you know if your cat could have heartworm? And that is coughing, wheezing, difficulty breathing. Some, some of these cats will even vomit. Um, sometimes we'll actually see extreme nosebleeds. I've had a few cats that also show neurological signs. So those of you that have a cat that's wheezing, you know, sometimes when we see these cats, we think, does this cat have uh, feline asthma? Does it have an upper respiratory infection? But we also will often ask, can we test your cat for heartworm disease? And if we can do that, we can just kind of at least hopefully eliminate it. We do treat cats as well if needed. But again, it's mostly respiratory versus the dog. It's the heart. So those are the two differences. And the line that, well, I have an indoor cat, so I don't have to worry about heartworm. I just don't buy that. How many mosquitoes do you see in your windowsill? How many mosquitoes get in the house? And for both dogs and cats, heartworm is a disease that's transmitted by mosquitoes. Okay. So if you have any questions about heartworm, give me a call. And I'm Donna. I'm going to ask you just to kind of Stay tuned until um, I want to talk to you after the break. But again, Tom has got the hammer and saying we're going to news and we're going right now. Welcome back. It is Saturday, and it is a gorgeous, gorgeous Saturday here at WTIC. 
I am Dr. Andrea Dennis, and we are here talking to you about your pets. And we have a couple of people that have been so patient. Uh, They have some important questions, and I think everyone will learn something from them. So why don't we just bring Donna Marie right up? How are you, Donna Marie? Thank you. How are you today? Uh, I feel good just being outside, right? Yes, exactly. (laughs) But how can we help you today? I have a cat. The female, um, she's an indoor cat. Okay, I good. only take her out occasionally mm-hmm. on, a, on a leash. And last summer, I was kind of weary of putting the front line on her. Okay. The drops that you put like on the back. Did, um, has she had a problem worried. with it in the past? or No. Okay. I just, you know, I just heard that there could be a problem with their reaction to it. And now that she's older, is it still safe? Yeah, now how old is she? 16. She's 16. Is she healthy? You know, no kidney issues? No. Well, she was healthy up until about a year and a half ago. She did have a kidney issue. Okay. And she's uh, still on half of um, the, they're still giving her medication. And she's been switched over to um, the uh, HD, some type of. Um, Special. Right. Bright. Donna, you're, you're breaking up just a little bit. So what was she diagnosed with? It, uh, kidney. Kidney. Okay. So that's KD probably she's on. HD okay. is usually for heart. Oh, okay. okay. I'm sorry. Yes. No, no, that's okay. That's okay. And you're, you're coming in a little bit clearer now. And I just want to, again, or just make sure the audience can follow along with us. Okay. I think you're very smart to be a bit concerned. I mean, it is um, an insecticide. I feel that, you know, ticks, I mean, not ticks, but, well, ticks and fleas, um, obviously transmit disease as well. I probably, one, I would have, especially since your cat's being treated by your veterinarian for kidney, chronic kidney failure or kidney disease, I would have that conversation. But to start that conversation, there are some other products that I think um, I would probably use in a full dose of a topical, like like Frontline. I even like the Frontline spray and spray it on a little flea comb. And this is what I do with little kittens, kittens that are you know very young. And I just kind of comb them over with this product. And that product lasts on, the, on them for a month, too. And it's very safe and it dries very quickly. So you don't have to really worry about them licking it. Okay. But but I really really would emphasize uh, because I'm very careful. Not I can give guidance, but not to di- really diagnose um, without your veterinarian being on on board with this. The other product that I think is is very good is something called Revolution, which is the ivermectin. They have Revolution Plus. That also I believe is um, I, I I just feel a bit more comfortable with my older cats on that. But it's a personal preference as a practitioner, but. I do think the best part of this conversation is that you're asking the question, and and let's see if we can get some guidance from the medical professionals that know your 16-year-old cat the best. Okay. All right. Revolution was what type of a medication? Revolution is also topical. Um, and it does heart, actually, it does heartworm, fleas, ticks, and it's um, that ivermectin, which is the same product that's in the heartworm prevention for dogs as well. But it's a very, very safe. The other thing, and this may be getting into more than you necessarily want to, but the um, the revolution is put out by Zoetis. That is an FDA-approved product. You have to remember that the front line, as good as it is, 
it's not it doesn't go through the FDA. That's an EPA approved product because it's more on the insecticide. So that's where, you know, I kind of like just to have that knowledge, um, I, I would consider the revolution. And I would mention that to your veterinarian, see if that, what they think. All right. Excellent. Thank you. Hey, I can I congratulate you on having your cat to live to 16 and doing pretty well? Yes, thank you. <laughs> Lots of love, right? Oh, yeah. Okay. Okay, but again, if you have any questions, hopefully this helps. Just give them a call, and they'll help guide you as well. All right, thank you very much. You're very welcome. Bye-bye now. Bye. Yeah, there is, you know, the fact that we have choices is what's so great about flea and tick prevention. And um, she's, her cat's enjoying going outside, going for a walk. And but but we don't want to one overdo anything, and we just want to make sure it's something that is safe for your pet's particular situation in terms of flea and tick and heartworm prevention. So let's change um, let's change topics a little bit. But uh, and I'm going to talk to Mario. Mario, thanks for your patience. Doctor, thank you for taking my call. I've been listening to you for years, and I'm calling about our five year old female Shiloh Shepherd. Whoa, um, nice. Uh, she's a beautiful dog. Um, she would run, and, you know, she was just full of energy. And in the last couple of months, there's something going on with her. Um, doctor, I'll give you the, the quick lowdown. Sure. Um, she went in for an exam. We had x-rays. Her nails are fine. Her pads fine. But she whines. She won't go upstairs anymore. She'll whine if she gets into a vehicle. There's something going on on the backside. Oh. We got her on Doxaquin right now, uh, some fish oil. We're giving her two shots a week. I, I'm in my car. I don't know exactly, but we're going to the vet. Um, she has a good gait when she walks. Uh-huh. You know, she will go into a prance, but she doesn't run like she used to run. And we're considering an MRI or physical therapy for dogs. Do you have any input? It seems to be the rear, you know, her, her rear legs. You okay. Know, behind you know, yeah. uh, do you have any input or, you know, yeah. it, you know maybe it's a tendon. I, I'm just thinking out loud and I'm going to let you talk. Well, well, thank you for it's, um, you know, rear leg lamenesses. And I assume, again, it's she's not you're not really saying she's lame. It's is it a weakness, would you say, or she just doesn't seem to be able to want to walk or want to do stairs? She doesn't want to do them. Okay. But if she if she does. We have a truck and we have a Civic. She'll get into the Civic, but she still lets a little whine. Okay. There's something going on sure. with the back legs. Okay. You know, we, I think we had her tested for the DM, and, you know, we've pretty much gone through a lot aside from an MRI. And, you know, Did you do like x-rays? We, have x-rays I, been done? X-rays have been done. They all look good. There huh. might be a, you know, you know, and I've looked at them. I'm not a doctor, but... <laughs> You know, good hips. you know, once again, you know, the spine looks good, Her hips. you know, maybe, she, you know, the doctor said maybe the balls and the, you know, the joint and yep. the hips or whatever yeah. are funny, but, okay. you know. Yeah, I think again, yes, I would definitely consider an MRI. I think with the physical therapy, you're kind of doing a treatment, but we don't know, we still don't have a diagnosis. And that's what gets frustrating. And um, that's why we do levels like you did the right thing by agreeing to have the x-rays done nothing really obvious with the x-rays that and when you hear any kind of shepherd or any dog um that has rear leg lameness the first thing you worry about is the the hips which is that ball that fits in the socket but her x-rays yep. look clean which is excellent i assume she's been tested for lyme disease um yep. so, okay 
And so you've done that kind of basic workup. Now going to the next step, if this is being recommended by your veterinarian to do an MRI, I would. Now it does require anesthesia, uh, but again, you get a really good picture. They've kind of pinpointed where the issue is. I think that would be very valuable. And um, before physical therapy, because we're just like, okay, we're doing it because we feel like we're doing something, but we don't know why we're doing and what and what's the right physical therapy for what she has because we don't have a diagnosis. Okay. Does that make sense? Oh, it makes total. Doctor, do you guys do uh, MRIs? We, we don't do MRIs. You know, I... Um, do you have a referral I could call you during the week? Absolutely. Or? Absolutely. We have really, you know, because I think this, you want an orthopedic specialist that would be at okay. a hospital that does an MRI. Again, she's five years old. She's so young and she's obviously uncomfortable. I think you probably, the injections you're talking about are probably the Adequan injections that you're doing twice a week at the veterinarian office, you know, will do no harm. But again, what are we treating is what I go back to. And if we know what she has, we can really do right by her. So uh, yes, just give us a call. I'll give you my phone number if you want. Um, Doctor, please do. I, I definitely will call you on Monday. Okay, 860 286 286 2986 2986 and you know a dog is just like a little baby they can't really tell you what's wrong it's so true it's so true and that's but you are her best advocate and you do it out of love and you do it because again you want to make sure she's comfortable because that's what breaks our heart and we don't want her to have a good day and then two bad days let's see if we can try to get to the bottom of it and uh, yeah, well, and we've got wonderful referral hospitals in the area. We even have Tufts that does a great job. So we'll get you to the right place, Doctor. It's not just me; it's me and my lovely wife. But thank you so much for your time, and I'll talk to you on Monday. Okay, sounds great. Thank you, Mario. Thank you so much. Bye. Bye. Oh, my heart just breaks again. You're right. You know, we cannot get them to. They can't tell us exactly where it hurts, and um, that's what we'll get get um, Mario on the right track. You know, sometimes we have ACL issues, which is our knee issue, but this sounds like it's more in the in the back area, and there's so many different things. Even sometimes, you know, you can have what we call inver- um, intervertebral disc disease. Um, that can be an issue. Sometimes you've heard the term wobblers. I mean, I can just list off all the possibilities, but as a general practitioner, which I consider myself to be at this point in time, uh, I think it's time for a specialist. And that getting second opinions, that that's your right as veterinary um, veterinary medicine has expanded and it's a practical right. And it's something that can be done. And I never, if someone asks me as their primary veterinarian, you know, I think, you know, I, this issue can, I, I just like to get a second opinion before I have you do surgery. I don't take that as a negative. I say good for you. This is good. I want you to be confident that what I'm recommending is the right thing. So don't ever feel like you're going to hurt your veterinarian that you've been with for years and love for years, that you're going to hurt their feelings. That's why we have specialists now. We didn't have dermatologists 40 years ago. We do have them now. So same thing with ophthalmologists. Um, I will. There's eye surgeries I used to do a decade ago, but now let me send you to someone that's better than I am. Let me send you to an ophthalmologist and feel really comfortable about that. So that's um, feel good about it because, again, what's your role? Your role is to love your pets to the best of your ability, support them, and then also do best by them. And since they can't talk, you have to advocate. The other thing I might recommend, too, if that hasn't been done, when you do have a, a 
dog or a cat that seems to have a lameness or just not acting right, use your use your iPhone. I'm sorry. Your your phone, any type of phone you have, your Android, but use your phone to to videotape it. You many, I can't tell you how many emails we get for where we are starting even before the examination, and people will send a couple of videotapes, short little snippets of what they're discussing, what they're worried about, how their dog is rising, how their dog isn't doing the the steps like they used to. So you pop out that that phone and say, hey, I'm just going to film this for, for 30 seconds a lot. It helps us tremendously. And even though I am not a huge fan of telemedicine for pets, because I think, again, they can't talk, I really am hands-on to exam. Uh, having a little bit of what they're like at home just only helps us. It only works out really well. So, all right, I think I've got to take one more break. And if there's any more phone calls, just give us a call at 860-522-9842 because we just got about 10 minutes left. We'll be right back. I never kissed a mouth that tastes like yours. Strawberries and something more. Oh, yeah, I want it all. Lipstick. Well, you're back. You're back listening to the Veterinary Edition of Pet Talk. I'm Dr. Andrea Dennis from the Bloomfield Animal Hospital. We've been talking a little bit of this and a little bit of that. And again, any question goes right here. I want to thank Justin Levine for helping us come back with some bumper music. And that's a upbeat with the type of day that we have outside. And I do hope that all of you are spending a little bit outside time outside, especially with your dogs or even your cats if you take them out. And we've been talking earlier on the show about how to prevent the ugly side of spring and summer. And that is heartworm disease, flea and ticks that can be very, very bothersome and, and obviously transmit disease. And with the heartworm piece of this, again, so many of you during COVID and even before, but definitely during COVID, have been adopting dogs from all over the country. And sometimes the paperwork says this dog was tested for heartworms and was negative. My experience has been that even though these adoption shelters are doing the best that they can, our position at the Bloomfield Animal Hospital is that we still want to test that dog when you bring them to us. And it's always your choice, but just let us do a test. Let's just confirm that dog doesn't have heartworm. And then the Heartworm Society also recommends that you test those dogs, same adopted dogs, in six months. Because it takes about six months for the these worms to mature enough to show in the test. So please don't take offense, and shelters don't take offense um, when we recommend having them tested. The two dogs that I was talking about that we're treating for heartworm right now, I mean, we treat many throughout the year, but we're doing two just happened to coincidentally be this week. Both of them were um, adopted dogs, and they're owned by young couples. They're trying to do the best that they can, but here they're adopting a dog for a certain fee, and now this is additional cost. They're already in love, and we already talked about what the dog goes through. So if your veterinarian recommends, hey, yes, we see the paperwork, so many of these organizations are doing great work, but sometimes mix-ups happen more often than, than I like. If your veterinarian is recommending, let's go ahead and test. Please do that. Please take that to heart. It's worth, it's worth the money. And speaking of money, that prevention, cats can be put on a preventative. Dogs are recommended to be put on the preventative. When you think about it, it's the cost of going to a Starbucks for a weekly coffee, and you can prevent these diseases. So if we can 
go in that direction, that would be ideal. Okay, there isn't any phone calls, so I'm going to take a little bit of time to clarify some of the um, issues about stool samples and what you're looking for. And this is a different type of parasite. And people get this mixed up all the time. When I call about the intestinal parasites, which are in their, you know, we can see in their stool, people still think I'm talking about heartworm. The heartworm is a blood test. When you go for your yearly exam, they usually, yes, they'll do a blood test, but they also want you to bring a stool sample. Those are the presents we really love. So the stool samples, that's what we're looking for, intestinal parasites. And yes, there are the old way of testing for intestinal parasites. We would get some false negatives, meaning there's something there, but it didn't show up. We have advanced in leaps and bounds in terms of being able to pick up worms from the stool, what worms they have. We're seeing a lot of something called Giardia. We're seeing whipworms. We're seeing hookworms. But now we're not just looking for the eggs. Before we used to just look for the eggs in the stool, but we are now looking for the antigen. Just like your COVID tests at home, you're looking for antigen. That's what we're doing now with the stool sample. We can pick up whether the whether they're passing eggs or not, whether the, our patients actually have intestinal parasites. And then we can treat and we can treat for the right thing. So just going out to um, Petco or any of these uh, locations that might have a, and I'm putting quotes up in air quotes, dewormer, all dewormers are not alike. I would discuss this with your veterinarian. Intestinal parasites are something that can be real problematic. Sometimes a, a major symptom for me is for our patients is a, the dogs are sometimes, and cats, they have normal form stools for a few days, and then a couple of days it's loose. It kind of goes back, back and forth. So please always, your veterinarians, we love our samples. So your veterinarian's going to ask you to bring a sample in, but we do specific testing, and that has gotten so, so advanced over the last, uh, again, over the last decade. So give us, let the veterinarian, let the doctor do their job, and um, we can figure out what's going on in intestinal parasites as well. An addendum, too, is that those heartworm and flea and tick preventions, um, mainly the heartworm preventions, also have something in there that also helps for intestinal parasites. So they're safe. They're good to use overall. But again, talk to your veterinarian. The last thing before I go, and I need more water. I feel like I'm talking too much today, <laughs> um, is, and Joe's, Joe's going to appreciate that. Let's talk about weight of your dogs. We've mentioned it several times. In veterinary medicine, we are trained as doctors. Our staff is trained as well. We do, it's not just the weight, putting them on the scale. Even though we put them on the scale all the time, every visit, we have something called a body conditioning score. We use a score out of nine. So one to nine out of nine. So a very obese patient would be a nine out of nine. Somebody that's really in perfect athletic form would be a four and a half out of nine. We know what we're looking for. When we guide you as far as what we think your kind of perfect weight would be for your pet, we know what we're talking about. It's not just off the top of our head. And we're not, we know which dogs have fur. We're actually feeling them. And there is a reason why we do this. One, to help guide you. 
you know, did your did your dog go from a four and a half score two years ago? So now they're seven out of nine. They're not a four and a half anymore because people don't weigh them at home. People don't really always see the difference. And with that, we can help protect their hips. We can help prevent diabetes. You know, when we talk about, oh, my dog, my lab just gained five pounds. It Five pounds is like 15 pounds on you and I, right? And 15 pounds... I would not want to put 15 pounds on in any given year. All so many of our health issues in humans, as well as our dogs and cats, are related to weight. I have talked about this over many, many times. Um, heard something last week that I just did not agree with and thought that we needed to discuss it today. Uh, and again, talk about weight with your with your veterinarian, but we are doctors. Veterinarians are very well trained, and please don't take offense if we say, "Hey, maybe cut, you know, reduce the snacks by fifty percent, or let's cut, let's not make it a heaping cup of food, you know, let's make it just a level cup of food." Please don't take offense. We're only trying to do what's best for your pets. And on that, I'm going to thank both Tom and Anthony for helping me today. Have a enjoy the rest of this day, and I'll see you in two weeks. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly.